Was that intelligible at all? I I got it, but you know. Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and what else happened this week? Uh, uh I wasn't ready for this question. Um <laughs> You should be. It's a very basic question. Uh Beast Well Beauty and the Beast happened, and then Mulan happened. Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and Beast your beauties, it's time for Sounds About Light? A <laughs> podcast about Kingdom Hearts 2? Yeah. Uh, I'm Drew. <laughs> I'm Sam. I forgot to say my name. It's fine. It's all going great. It's fine. Uh, this time, we've got we've got our first Disney Worlds of Kingdom Hearts 2. What did you think of them? It's Mulan and Beauty and the Beast. I don't remember what the order was, but it also doesn't matter. I think that they were a little uneven. I, I can't even imagine what it's like watching just the cutscenes of these because I have such unfond memories of the Beast's Castle world in particular from playing them. Mm-hmm. And I think the Mulan one's all right to play and not good to watch. It's very funny to watch. I'll say that much. I had a great time watching it, but not for good reasons, I think. <laughs> This is getting ahead of ourselves, but I uh, was very surprised to learn that people like that world. <laughs> that is surprising to me, too. I mean, Mulan's just fun. Like, Mulan's a fun story, so I get why being reminded of Mulan might be a good big time. Big ups to China on that one. Yeah, big ups to China. Um, being, re- being reminded of Mulan is fun, but that doesn't make it a good part of a video game. I was actually wondering because I saw Mulan precisely one time and it was very long ago and I didn't particularly like it or care about it. So I, there's some characters who are in this who felt like less than paper thin, like basically not even there. And I was, I was wondering if that was any good if you have Mulan nostalgia. Well, the punchy guy sure punched a lot. So he did do punching. And the big guy was very big. He was did big. Yeah. And and the miscellaneous guy was there as well. Miscellaneous guy was there as well. And the Mongolian still is really fucked up and terrifying looking. Yes. Although they forgot his army. <laughs> they t- I can't wait to talk about that. I, we can't talk about that yet, but I am so yeah, excited right. to talk about that. Uh, the first thing that happens, Sora has just uh, opened the next gummy routes, whatever, from his Hollow Bastion Restoration Committee honorary member card. How could we forget? Uh, this probably wasn't in the cutscenes. Twilight Town is, like, blocked off now. Hmm. I don't think that was in a cutscene. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that's supposed to be lore or if that's, like... I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with it being the realm between... I don't know. Uh, oh. Oh, yes. Okay. I did want to make a note of this. This is not at all important, and that's the reason that I'm bringing it up, is to make sure that nobody says anything about it. Mm-hmm. We're watching a cutscene compilation from YouTube user Mario Dragon, which is badass. Thank you, Mario Dragon. Uh, and Mario Dragon put Beast's Castle before... Mulan's world that I forgot what it's called. So we're going to do Beast Castle first. It's the higher level world. You shouldn't go there first. Pro tip, don't go there first. But we are going to talk about it first for the purposes of this podcast because it doesn't matter at all. So don't say anything about it. Thank you. 
They enter Beast Castle, and they say, this place sucks. What kind of fuckface would live here? You'd have to be a real bastard to live here, they say. D- Donald Duck yells, it's it's huge, which is great. Um, what does he say? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> oh, my God. The containment field is broken. <laughs> uh, they hear a big roar, and they say, that's the beast from the first game. And, and from they, Beauty and the they, Beast. For, that's the beast from Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson. Would you like to watch Beauty and the Beast now? We're going to. <laughs> I feel like this was... Uh, admittedly, I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast in even longer since I saw Mulan. I feel like this wasn't just the plot of the no, film. No, no, you're right. It isn't just the plot of the film, but... It's f- substantially less than the plot of the substantially film. Substantially less than the plot of the film. You don't get any Gaston, so that's no good. Um, but it is. But it is also the plot of the film with just some Heartless in there, pretty much. It feels like they just kind of walked into, like, a, a ten-minute section of the movie and just looked around and they were like, damn, you guys got some problems. Bye. <laughs> yeah, basically. Although it is worth mentioning, I can't remember if I brought this up before. Uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2, I believe you go to every world twice. And there's a different story on the on the second visit. Oh, okay. I mean, as opposed to them having the same story again. So, point being, I think there might be more Beauty and the Beast-like movie plot mm-hmm. in the second outing, maybe. Got it. Uh, yeah, you know, I had this thought, too. It's like... So we've got these worlds, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all just these stories from fiction. Mm-hmm. But so in world has like the whole history of that world been happening and then Sora just happens to show up during the movie part? Or do you feel like they constantly just kind of relive just the story of their movies and Sora gets inserted every once in a while? They actually, because uh, there, are, there are worlds that you'll go to that you've been to before in previous games like uh, atlantica is going to be in this for example off the top of my head i think there's also an agrabah in kingdom hearts 2 and no yeah the story does progress like there is chronology to the worlds okay but so so sora's just always happening to show up at the point in history that's from the movies we remember not always actually i think some of the best are when he doesn't yeah i guess so that's like like because then there gets to be a story like halloween town and stuff yeah all right yeah 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 um or I believe uh I don't know if this is true, but everyone says this that the the Toy Story world in Kingdom Hearts three is canonically set like between Toy Story three and four. I've heard that too. Yeah. I don't know about that either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um so yeah, they, they chase a heartless into a room and they see the beast's iconic rose on a table, and Donald Duck immediately forgets what they're doing and he's he looks like he's hypnotized. He's like, I gotta get this rose. This rose looks good as hell. <laughs> yeah, he just he's overcome with rose lust and, and is is going for it. It's so weird. I don't know that this has ever been a trait of Donald Duck. <laughs> he can't control himself when he sees a nice flower. I think he's just full of avarice. <laughs> I guess. It's a rose, though. Donald, calm down. They fight some Heartless, uh, and then Donald gets worn out from fighting three shadows, and he's like, somebody help! And then the Beast stomps in, and he kills the Heartless. And Sora's like, hey, Beast, good to see you. And Beast just fucking throws him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Dude, I feel like I feel like Goofy's the only one who the Beast 
does not physically assault in this scene. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, he because he tosses Donald as well. Yeah, which would be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And more fun. Uh, and he just grabs the rose and leaves without saying anything to them. And they're like, did he forget about us? Was this why you were maybe wondering if there was some weird time stuff? I guess it's just very convenient that he keeps showing up at uh, these times. But I, I, I guess I'm getting like a little too cinema sensey here. <laughs> I mean, Kingdom Hearts deserves it. Uh, there is something that I don't want to get into right now, but I will just tell you right here, right now, the flow of time is different across each world. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you might you might go into a world and hang out there for like a week in their time and then leave, and then you go to Twilight Town and they're like, hey, you left five minutes ago. Oh, that's probably even more confusing. I mean, great. Let's just add more confusing shit into this world. That, that's good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I say that now because there is definitely going to be some stuff down the line that will make absolutely no sense unless you understand that that's how time works in these worlds. Got it. I don't know when it comes up, but it'll come up eventually. T- time flows in a way that's convenient for Sora. Yes, this, uh, and don't even get me started on the super hot world. That's where it gets really confusing. Oh, okay. I thought I was like trying to think of what the Disney property super hot was, but you mean, I get it. Okay. Super hot. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Donald catches a glimpse of Belle at the top of the stairs, I think it said, and they decide to go look for her and say what the hell's going on. They, like, do a, a tactical doorbuster move on Belle's bedroom <laughs> for no reason. Well, I think she opens the door right as they're about to kick it. Yeah, and Donald just falls forward, and then she gives him a big hug, and he hates it. Uh, this I want to apologize to my to the fans. Uh, you know, early on I was really diligent about feet watch, and <laughs> um, I've really dropped off on that. But I did notice this is probably a big episode for lift and carry people. Okay. <laughs> what else happens? Well, because because Bell picks up Donald a big hug and he's like Donald. and he's struggling in the big hug and wants to be let down. Uh huh. But that, that something like that is going to happen to Donald again. So. Who's that? When? I don't remember. Well, I'll, I'll say when we get there. Also, Beast got... Sean Yu picks him up and gives him a big hug. Yeah. Uh, Beast got feet, too. So, there you go. Yeah, Beast does have feet. Many people have noticed this yep. over the years. Yep. <laughs> over the decades, many have noticed that Beast does have feet in the film and in Kingdom Hearts 2 as well. It's true. Uh, they ask Belle about Beast, and she's like, oh, he's been really distant and really weird, Uh. I think I think his servants might know why, but he locked them in the dungeon. Is this the scene? I can't remember. Somewhere in here, they are very shocked to learn that Beast uh, is a prince. I think that's here. Yeah, yeah. They're like, why does why does that big ugly brute have servants? Only hot people get servants. Yeah, it's a real shitty thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is very weird that they're so shocked that he's a prince considering that one of them is a duck and one of them is a dog and he lives in a big fucking castle <laughs> and they and they work for the king who is a mouse yeah you, i've never heard of no animal prince well he's a he's not even a recognizable animal he's just a weird thing yeah and you can tell him i said that oh well okay great let me know what he says uh there is I don't remember how much of a thing this was in the first game. There's a lot of like 
not cutscene cutscenes where there's just like speech bubbles. Did you get any of those? No. No? Okay, so I might be feeling it on but some stuff. But there was like a big part where it was like, and now they go talk to the closet, and the closet okay. tells them that there's people in the basement. Yes, there is a really, really silly mini game here with the wardrobe, because the wardrobe is guarding the door to the Undercroft, and I was really sad that they didn't voice act Sora, Donald, and Goofy saying the word Undercroft a bunch of times, but they do say the word Undercroft many times here. Can I hear you and- do Donald Duck doing Undercroft? <laughs> oh, that's Donald Duck being tortured to reveal the location of the Undercroft. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could say that about anything we say in Donald Duck. Voice. Yeah, that's Donald I don't know Duck why being I tortured to say Sawa. I should I should never give you shit about it because I don't want to have to do it <laughs> worse. <laughs> no, this is great. Yeah, I was doing an impression of him being tortured. That's why it's always sounded so bad every time. Yeah. I was doing an impression of him being tortured while gargling. Yeah, which is how people want to hear Donald Duck. <laughs> uh so there's this mini game here because the wardrobe is guarding the undercroft and if you try to talk to her and say like, "Hey, could you please move?" she'll just be like, "No." So you have to there's this ridiculous minigame where you have to, like, mash triangle to push it aside, but every so often the prompt changes to, like, wake up wardrobe. So you have to go, like, oh, shit, and stop mashing. That sucks. And if you manage to push her aside, then she's like, what's going on here? And you're like, we have to get into the Undercroft. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Head on in, Sonny. Fun. It's really stupid. I hate, I hate this world. I'm sorry. I hate this world. Uh... But she she tells them about the Enchantress turning them all into furniture. Oh, this is where I think she says that uh, uh, Beast is a prince. And also, I do have to say, it's really funny to me that we've got Mrs. Potts, Chip, Lumiere, Cogsworth, Wardrobe. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else you would include. I just mean... That that was her name when she was a person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's like, oh, finally, my name makes sense. Everyone used to bully me for being named Wardrobe. Yeah, I mean, a guy's also named Cogsworth, apparently, and I don't think there's that many people named Lumiere, I would guess. No, probably not. Uh <laughs> I really like this scene that you also probably didn't get where they ask about the Enchantress's spell. And she literally goes, it was a cold winter's night. And they all lean forward expectantly. And she says, that's enough for now. (laughs) No, I didn't get that. Yeah, you know, and I think you're right. Like this, you're right. They're they're doing more than just a story of Beauty and the Beast. But this was the part of my notes where I was like, oh, the story of Beauty and the Beast is told to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They head into the Underquaft. The... (laughs) Uh, and <laughs> there's a big door with big weird stone phantom things on it, and they get possessed by a heartless, and they start punching them and such, and there's a boss fight here. Uh, I, thought the, I, I should thought, tell you. I thought the heartless door looked cool. It did. It does look cool. I like it a lot. It's a really cool boss fight. And, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first point in the game where there is a new feature, which oh. is that if you die, Mickey Mouse saves you, and you get to play as Mickey Mouse. Whoa. And you get to, 
<laughs> you you resurrect Sora by mashing triangle, and he goes, Light, give me power! <laughs> so does that imply that Mickey's just constantly watching you? That is exactly what it implies, which Riku did ask him to. But why doesn't he just help you, then, all the time? Um, yeah. Okay. I think... I think the the Mickey rescuing you is like not quite canonical. It's it's more of like a gameplay thing, but I think it is also sort of meant to imply like Mickey is around. Yeah. Like he might be here at the same time as you. He doesn't I think he doesn't always save you. Like it's kind of a random chance, I think. Well, that's kind of fun. I mean, that that seems yeah. like a neat mechanic. And I mean, the first time you get to play as Mickey Mouse, because you die, and you're like, oh, man, but then it just, like, the screen fades white, and it says, you have, like, an option to select, like, no, I won't give up, and you're like, huh, what's that do? And you click on it, and then Mickey Mouse, like, does a triple flip into the room, and it's like, don't give up, Sora! And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that would have been very cool. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I I remember losing my shit. It's really good. Anyway, they beat the heartless and it pops out of the door and dies at the end. I you know, I I don't know if you answered this before. What what happens to make some heartless big weird doors and other heartless just little 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 black guys? So, there's we you do remember, I hope about the difference between like natural pure blood heartless and artificial emblem heartless. I remember that, yeah. Um beyond that because the 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 door, the heartless that possesses the door uh is a pure blood heartless called a possessor and then there's like shadows, neo shadows, what have you. I don't think that there's any explanation for why some heartless take different forms i it was implied that that emblem heartless kind of take the form of the world that they're from in some way i don't think we have any lore on why pure blood heartless are like that though i guess it's probably just like a why some nobodies get to be the like who they were or some turn into dusks it probably has to do with how strong your heart is or something Sure, I, yeah, like, perhaps, uh, because the, the emblem heartless are, like, forcibly heartlessified people, but maybe someone lost their heart to darkness, and he was a ball. Yeah. Yeah, you were, uh, on the court. He was a doorman. <laughs> you were on the court, and you got owned so bad in basketball that you turned into the object of your hate, a basketball. <laughs> but now you get to be a possessor. Yeah. Now you get to become a door. Which is which is great and cool. <laughs> so it's all worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, they head into the dungeon proper, and they are very... I feel like they forgot that they just talked to a wardrobe who told them about the spell. Yeah. Um, because the wardrobe was like, yes, me and all the other servants became furniture and such. And then they go into the dungeon and they're like... Where's the servants? I just see a clock, some candles, a teapot, and a teacup, each sitting on a chair. Yeah, and it's very funny looking, too, just them all on their own individual chairs and then a chest in the corner that you can open. Um, very, very far apart, considering their size. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's a very... This is their chair room. Yeah, it's a very goofily spaced room. I guess when Beast threw them down there, he's like, well, I'll give them a chair. I'll set them up with some chairs. Yeah, I might be possessed by darkness, but I'll I'll give them chairs. 
<laughs> I'm a beast, but I'm not a monster. <laughs> uh, once they all start talking, Donald is like, what the fuck? And he just picks up Cogsworth and just starts shaking him vigorously. Yep, this is your second lift and carry moment of the, oh, of the, <laughs> of the episode. Right. Cogsworth's just like... Stop. Why Why would you do that? Yeah, he's beat a huge dick, and it's like, Donald, you know what's happening. Why Why are you like this? Yeah, I, I feel like we're seeing a side of Donald that wasn't really in the first game, which is that he just likes to, like, pick stuff up and fuck with it. He's like, oh, what's this rose? Oh, a clock, huh? <laughs> Shaking it up. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a really great part here that I think was not in the cutscene where the the servants tell them the rest of the story of about the enchantress and donald just interrupts to just be like let's get her yeah. <laughs> like she's still here he's just full of violence now <laughs> he's i i feel like he has become so much more of a character in this game not to say that he wasn't in the first game but he's getting to do stuff other than just like push back against sora's once well, and to be fair, this is, I mean, he is a huge jerk in those old cartoons. That's kind Absolutely. of the whole, that's the kind he, of the whole thing. He's very in character for this, and I really like it. Yeah. Um, Cogsworth worries that the beast has been turned into a heartless, which is kind of nuts. Yeah, I, do you think that just meant, like, he has darkness in him, or, I, I don't know. I guess I guess Cogsworth doesn't really know what the Heartless are. He just knows that they exist. Like, Beast has told him about them. He probably came back from the first game and was like, I was in this place called Hollow Bast... I don't remember his voice. And there were Heartless, and I killed a bunch of them. Back to work! <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one, no one really understands anything in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's just really weird to see Cogsworth being like, perhaps he's been turned into a heartless. <laughs> uh, he shows them a shortcut to Beast's room. And hey, remember when I was talking about a really stupid, awful minigame? Mm -hmm. What if there was a way, 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 way stupider, way, 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 way worse one? Oh, I'd love that. Thank you, Beast Castle World Kingdom Hearts 2. There is a shortcut to his room through the undercroft which is that you have to okay there's no way to make this make sense there is a lever at the start of this giant chamber that cogsworth has to dangle off of and hold it down and meanwhile you have to light all of these torches and if you light all the torches while the lever is held down and if if the lever goes back up the torches lift up to the ceiling and you can't reach them so you have to you have to light all the torches while they're down, but the trouble is that they're cursed torches by the heartless darkness. So you have to do a combo attack with Lumiere and Mrs. Potts to cleanse the darkness and light them with your keyblade, and Cogsworth has a grip meter and he'll fall, and you have to go back and Mrs. Potts has to give him a drink of water, and also there's wooden crates all over the place that Cogsworth and Lumiere get stuck on. Does that sound fun? Sounds like a shortcut. It sounds like a real shortcut. I think usually when I play this level, it takes me about 15 minutes to do this stupid fucking mini game. But I guess the, the important thing is that you have a bunch of clocks and stuff walking around with you, and they probably can't handle a fight with Heartless. Although, I say that, 
once you get the door to Beast's room open, Cogsworth is like, okay, I'll go with you to help talk some sense into him because I have an alarm that I can play to freak him out. And then Lumiere, Mrs. Potts, and Chip are all just like, okay, we'll just go back to work, I guess, and try not to get killed by Harkness. <laughs> well, they are servants. They have to do that. <laughs> Mrs. Potts just says, like, it's okay, we're small. <laughs> yeah, we're small and easy to kill. It's okay. <laughs> They'll never find us. Uh, so they go to Beast's room, and it's all busted up. He's been punching the walls and stuff. Uh, he's, he's moping over the rose, and who is watching him? Uh, well, a Organization 13 member. Do you know which one? Well, he says Zaldan later. Oh, yeah, they do say his name. Yes, it's Zaldan. Uh, and Zaldan is, like, urging Beast to, like, kill Bell. I think. He's like, she's scheming to take everything you have, even your life. Trust no one. Feed your anger. Yeah, I doubt I'm the first person to say this, but this is just Star Wars now. <laughs> it's, it's a little Star Wars. You got a guy uh, in a black was, robe who's hiding his face telling you to feed your anger and, you know, embrace darkness. <laughs> was it was it clear what was going on here? Yeah, I think he was basically like trying to get trying to convince Beast that Bell um is betraying him and that he should go kill Bell, basically. But was it clear why? Well, I think it's because they want him to uh, become a Heartless. And why do they want him to become a Heartless? Well, they say it but he, so he could become a good nobody. That's right. Yeah. Because he has a very strong heart, so they want to have ste- ste- Stexba. Stexba. Bex- Bexat. <laughs> Bex sat is pretty bad. Bat sex. <laughs> Tax B. <laughs> uh, <laughs> best. Tep, tep, tep's bat. Well, anyway. Uh, yes. The, the organization. And fun fact. If you played Kingdom Hearts 2 and then played Days. You would realize that that is what a lot of the missions are. Is like. You're, like, escorting Zaldin through Beast's castle to sort of plant seeds of Beast turning into a Heartless. Hmm. And, yeah. And then also killing the Heartless that are being made. To, yeah, while you're yeah, there, you're also yeah. harvesting hearts. But yes, yeah. that is a lot of what you're doing in Days, is huh. trying to help Zaldin make Beast get really mad and kill Bell. And so they must never succeed, right? Because you never see any new nobodies show up. No, I I don't think I I don't think that any of that is like really present in days. It's just kind of like background if you have played this game, you're like, "Oh, we're always going to Beast's Castle with Zaldin. We're always scouting there." Ah, oh, I see. I get it. I see, I see. I but see. yeah, I I don't recall. Oh no, you do like we didn't talk about it because it doesn't fucking matter. But you, there is like story where like did I? T- I think I talked about the part where Roxas comes back to the clock tower and they're eating ice cream and he's like, "What is love?" <laughs> that was when he like watched Beast save Bell from a heartless or something like that. Hmm. So th- they are in the game. I feel like you kind of just keep your distance from them though. Uh, but yes, that is the organization's plan for this game: is to find. People with strong hearts and make them kill their girlfriends <laughs> so that a 
a shell of the beast will get to put on a big black coat and join them in the chair room. Oh, man. There's probably so many beasts in Organization 13 robes on DeviantArt. right, here we go. On DeviantArt. Although you're going to have to fight, you have to get past all the feet first, though. Oh, what the? Oh, <laughs> that's not beast. Yeah. Well, here I will show you this picture. I don't see any. Bummer. <laughs> it's Elixis. Uh, oh, hey, Sully. Organization 13's 15th member, Sully from Monsters Inc. And he's eating a sea salt ice cream. It's so funny, though, because, like, it's it's not, there's nothing that you do with the nobodies where you're like, and here I can imagine what he would look like as a nobody. It's just, what if Sully was wearing a big black coat that fit him? Well, that's kind of what nobodies are, right? Yeah, they don't, they don't like, get, like, a, a cool different form. They just become guys in black coats. <laughs> Yeah, like other than Roxas, because he's got weird stuff going on. Here, I've got I've got Beast Heartless and Bell Nobody from Fur Affinity. Oh, thank God. This is, I'm probably going to cut this, but you know, I'm, we're keeping morale up here mm-hmm. on the podcast, and that's what's important. <laughs> God, that's small. Oh, it's very small. <laughs> I get Beast has gotten more dark, I guess. Well, he's a Heartless in this one. Oh, you're right, and she's so presumably there is a beast nobody out there somewhere. Belle, oh, she's got a book. I was like, what the fuck is that? It's very small. Yeah, because she loves the library. She loves her library. Yeah, even if she doesn't have her emotions, she remembers what it was like to go to the library and to have fun mm-hmm. and to get lost in a book and get whisked away into a mystical world of things. Uh, this is me trying to remember where I was in my notes. Okay. Uh, I don't remember if I said this. I want to reiterate in case I didn't uh, that Zaldin does tell Beast that Bell is scheming to kill him. Yeah. You still looking at that fan art? Yeah, I am. Yep. <laughs> uh, and Beast is like, I don't want to be angry anymore. I want to have a girlfriend. And Zaldin's like, nobody would ever love you. You ugly son of a bitch. Yeah. And that's and that's very Beauty and the Beast. I think that's good. Yeah. It's not true, though. Like, I know for a fact that a lot of people want to fuck this guy. Yeah, what about the beastly version of this guy? <laughs> Does Sora ever go to beastly world? Give in to your anger. Embrace the suck. <laughs> uh, it's it's so horrible that I'm, like, kind of sexy and fucked up now. <laughs> Uh, so Sora, Donald, and Goofy walk in, and Zaldin says that they're Bell's accomplices in the plan to murder him. Mm-hmm. And Beast is just like, okay. <laughs> and he attacks them, and you there's a fight where you like push Triangle to make Cogsworth's alarm go off. It's something. Uh I never really understood this gimmick. But it's really great if you want to hear David Ogden Stiers say the same line 500 times in a row. And I do. Well, then you're going to love what I just edited in. I did. Good. Me too. Uh, Beast snaps out of it. And he seems very, his memory's all hazy. He doesn't quite remember what's been going on. 
he doesn't remember throwing everyone in the dungeon, but he does remember Zaldin was telling him to kill everybody. And Goofy very helpfully jumps in and says, you probably, I feel like this is the first thing that Goofy has said this whole time. Yeah. Goofy's like, well, you probably threw them in the dungeon because you were afraid you were going to hurt them. And Cogsworth's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good, yeah, Goofy explaining the plot to everybody in the scene, I guess. <laughs> but it's also the the thing that I really love about Goofy, which is that he's the most emotionally intelligent character in the entire franchise. Right. Yeah, because he might not have other intelligence, but he has emotional intelligence, and also we just appears Goofy. also just appears to have other intelligence that people don't understand him. <laughs> he's, he's just like kind of the smartest, most insightful character in the game. But sometimes, he, uh, but sometimes he says malapropisms. So there you go. <laughs> so he's dumb as fuck. Yep. Uh, Sora reassures Beast that uh, Bell. She, she's not mad at him. She was just worried about what was happening to him and says, let's go talk to her together. And they go to Belle's room, but she's not there. But the wardrobe is. And I would love to know how the wardrobe got here because there are stairs. And the wardrobe says that Belle ran outside chasing after a man in black. I would love to know what her plan was. Throw books at him. <laughs> He he summons his flying spears, and she's just like, no, I do not appreciate what you're doing right now, and we are going to talk this out. I don't know, maybe maybe she can do Faraga. I mean, in the first game, she does have, like, light powers that she uses to hold back the Tide of Darkness. Okay. Well, that probably hurts Zaldan. It's probably like a Kamehameha or something. Probably something cool. Or at least a Masenko. But that, that'd be a mistake, though, because then a woman would be doing a thing in Kingdom Hearts, and we don't want that. <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs> Only off screen. They they find her, and she just, like, locks herself out on the balcony and is like, help, help! Uh, and there's a, a Heartless that's, it kind of looks like the Possessor, like a big ball of just black fog. But this one, it's bigger, and it's covered in chains, and it possesses the entire ballroom, and it's very cool. It, it kind of looks like the bomb enemies from Final Fantasy, with chains on it. Yes, it does. And yeah. speaking of Final Fantasy, uh, you might have caught its like second form for a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I did. I wrote that it looked like Ganondorf. Or it was actually uh, designed after Ifrit from Final uh, Fantasy X. Oh, yeah. It, okay, it does look like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really cool fight. It like possesses the the window, and you see its like big heartless face staring down at you. It possesses the chandelier, the walls, etc. Uh, you eventually break it out of its chains, and it becomes this big monster that's like wrapped in thorns, like Rose, like Beauty and Beast movie. Uh, and you kill it, and then Zaldin says, ah, and then he leaves. I don't know why he was even still here, <laughs> to be honest. It's also funny that they he never like intervenes. No, I you know the nobodies they're very mysterious. I guess part of it is that we are still in the very early game and they're supposed to be very ominous and scary and like keeping at a distance. Yeah, fair enough. Working in the shadows. Of course, we uh watched a 4-hour movie where Roxas like plays checkers with him. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess we I know I, him all too well. I have to remember most people don't have any of that context yet when they're at this <laughs> That's point. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good part here because, oh, this is where uh, Sora like tells Beast about the organization and Goofy's like, oh, they wanted to turn you into a heartless so that they would get control of your very strong nobody. 
<laughs> Sora has this little look as Goofy's talking of like, oh, nice one, Goofy. I didn't get it at all. Yeah, Goofy continuing to be a big genius here. <laughs> he's Goofy, but he's not unsmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belle runs back inside and Beast apologizes for getting trolled at her. And she says, it's okay. I could tell that you weren't yourself. I don't quite know what she meant here where she's like, I just wish you could trust me more. That feels like it had nothing to do with any of this. No, that's just like a Beauty and the Beast thing that he doesn't believe that she loves him. I guess so. Uh, And (laughs) Sora just kind of like interrupts this scene when his keyblade starts like lighting up. (laughs) They're just like fighting and he's like, oh, hold on. Yep. Sorry, got to blast your rose real quick here. Which, the rose, by the way, is in a completely different part of the castle. I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, it must have fallen out of Beast's cloak. I think we see it in his in his room. Yeah, whatever. Time to it doesn't bl- matter. I just think it's funny that, so- that something starts lighting up and they don't even know what or where it is. <laughs> They're just like, wait, what was the meaningful thing for this world? Shit. I mean, it has to be at least as meaningful as the Holobastion Restoration Committee Honorary Membership Card. Right. Yeah. Yeah, B should be more concerned about this, because, like, I think when all the petals fall off, he fucking dies. Oh, yeah, he is very concerned. okay. I wonder what they thought it was, though. Like, they probably think that it's, like, Beast's old student ID or something. Well, yeah, something that has really, like, a lot of meaning to Beast, like a student ID. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So they they say goodbye. Uh, On their way out, they're like, you two play nice. And Beast's like, well, I never. Uh, I did think it was very funny on their way out that Sora's like, and let us know if you hear anything about Riku, the king, the organization, or any of that, as if Beast has, like, an interspace cell phone that he's going to call them on. <laughs> or context for most of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote down that Sora, he might not be a Keyblade Master, but he is a Wingman Master here for... for uh, he really is. Yeah. Uh, next, they head to the Land of Dragons, also known as China from Earth. Oh, China. Wow. What a, what a far off and mysterious place. It is funny. There's a there's a few uh, uh, worlds in Kingdom Hearts where like they are defined as like specific places from the real world in specific points in time, and they always get like kind of a an abstracted name, like Land of Dragons, or like the City of Bells. Hmm. I mean, that's because kind it of... would be it would be pretty weird if you just like loaded into the world and it just throws up a title card that's like China. Yeah, yeah, that would be, I think, too weird. Uh, so it's time for me to talk about what I've been waiting to talk about this whole time, which is how busted the Mulan world is. Oh, really? Not gameplay, story. Oh, yeah, this story's fucking dumb and weird. <laughs> it feels like they, like, even more so than Beauty and the Beast, because the Beauty and the Beast world, the story isn't the story of the movie. The story of Beauty and the Beast world is... Zaldin is trying to turn the beast into a heartless and you need to you need to save him and also it's happening somewhere in the middle of the plot of the movie. This is the plot of Mulan. But with some very but, with some very funny differences. Yeah, the first problem I feel like is that it just sort of plops you down like halfway through the movie. Like the first act is over. Mulan is like in the army pretending to be a man, has the armor, etc., etc., which, you know, that's fine. I don't need all the matchmaker shit. That doesn't need to be here. <laughs> but but it's like, Shan Yu is the leader of the Mongol army, 
or who the Huns? Huns, yeah. I said Mongols earlier, but it's Huns, yeah. He's the leader of the Huns, but the Huns are not in this. And I don't know that they ever say anything about the Huns. And you don't really get any explanation of who Shan Yu is. It just kind of relies on you to remember the movie. So if you don't know who this guy is, it's just like, oh no, that big guy with ten heartless is attacking the kingdom of China. Yeah, no, this, and it, it only gets funnier and funnier as it goes along, I think, that he just has like ten heartless with him that are <laughs> little goofy birds. Yeah, and like, it also is a problem for me that like, you know, in the first game, we get stuff like Maleficent, like, who who was it that Maleficent, like, opens someone's heart to darkness and gives them control over the heartless? I know it happened with Riku, but I think it also happened with, like, Captain Hook or someone. Yeah, Captain Hook had that, yeah. Uh, there was the whole thing with Clayton, like, meets the heartless and Maleficent is like, fool, thinking he could control them. There's nothing like that. When we show up here, Shan Yu just has some heartless. And there's he's just like, uh, that guy... <laughs> Not that guy. He's got Heartless. Yeah. There's no organization member either. Yeah, I was assuming you were just supposed to, like, guess that an organization member did this, but... What's funny is I looked it up on the wiki. There is an explanation given in the non-canonical manga, (laughs) where, like, Zigbar meets him and is like, Hey, you look like you could use an army. And also he has the Hun army, too. (laughs) Uh, That would make a lot more sense. And I don't know. I feel like realistically, probably a lot of this was like technical constraints. Like, could they have a full army? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, When we get to that scene with the avalanche, I really want to talk about that because it's really funny to me for a lot of reasons. The avalanche scene is ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. So we, we see Mulan who is talking to Mushu, who's, like, encouraging her to, like, go ape shit on Shan Yu or something. And Sora, Don, and the Goofy, they walk in and they do the joke where they see Mushu's shadow and they're like, oh, it's a big, scary monster. We gotta save her. But it's actually Mushu. And Mushu starts boasting about how many Heartless he killed back in the day. I, I know you mentioned this to me when Mushu came up in Kingdom Hearts 1. I still think it's very goofy that being a summon means you got to experience the plot of Kingdom Hearts 1. It makes sense with the lore that mm-hmm. canonically their summons were, like, aware of what was happening. It would be kind of weird if they weren't. Yeah, it's all weird. Because the official explanation is that, like, Mushu had a strong heart, so when his world was destroyed by the Heartless, he got, like, frozen into a crystal, and then, like, the fairy godmother, like, thaws him out, and he can fight with you and such. And like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. But in my experience, having played this game, I didn't fucking summon Mushu. I don't even know if I found Mushu. I think you can miss Mushu. So I got to this, and Mushu's like, Sora, Donald, Goofy, it's so good to see you! And I was like, What? That's even weirder than, yeah. I literally thought that he must have been in the Game Boy game that I didn't play. I was like, that's the only explanation. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? They, in the prologue, when Roxas is, like, having dreams of Sora's memories, they go out of their way to show Mushu. They do, that's right. They do do that. I think he's the only summon that they show, and it's just like, please understand. Mushu will be in this. They yeah. know him, okay? They're best friends, okay? 
Yes. Uh, so Mulan says, hello, I'm Mulan. Uh, I mean, Fa Ping. And Mushu, this was, I, I didn't quite get what this was. Mushu's like, I'm an ancestral guardian, so you owe Ping for borrowing his ancestral guardian. And they're like, oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I guess they forgot that the reason that they had Mushu is because the world was destroyed and didn't exist at the time. Yeah, I think it's. I think Mushu's just being weird and a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is really funny though because Mulan is like, "Could you go with me to the military camp? I would fit better if I would fit in better if I was with guys like you, like a duck and a dog and Sora with the big clown shoes." This re- and, this really bothered me. It's like, why don't they have cool disguises like they would? Because in- the idea of Donald Duck and Goofy becoming like hot Chinese soldiers, <laughs> oh, is horrific. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to touch that. Well, I just thought they could have the armor on, and maybe their faces are hidden inside the armor. That would be cool. I do, I do wish they did a little bit more with because because like because when they're just a duck and a dog man and a boy. In the Chinese army, and no one says anything about it. It's just, I that was that was that we was too need much. All the help we can get against Shan Yu and his army of ten weird bird things. And it wouldn't be a and it wouldn't be a problem to me if Mulan's whole story wasn't about her hiding her identity. Yes, God, it's so fucking weird. Uh, but Goofy immediately, again, the smartest man in every world, is like. You're pretending to be a boy, aren't you? And Sora literally goes, "You're a girl, a girl." They literally just met her. You cannot be this shocked already. Like, damn, you think you know a person for five seconds? <sighs> but it's Ping. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Ping is a girl? Oh but my! Ping is a boy in the movie Mulan. Wow. I only watched a little of it. <laughs> I watched I watched a five minute section in the middle. So I also <laughs> that is what this is. I also don't really remember, and maybe you could answer this for me. Uh is this part like Mulan has not joined the army. Mulan has like shown up with her dad's armor and is like, I'm going to fight in the army. I'm here to represent uh Fa Fajo. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, what? Yeah, what's point, happening point is being, like she stole her dad's. Has not officially been enlisted. No, this is her enlisting. She's like, oh, I'm showing up in place of my dad. He couldn't show up. Gotcha. Okay. Because uh, they just walk in and they get straight in line for food. Yeah, that's how it happens in Mulan, pretty much. Before you've even enlisted. Yeah, I kind of think so. I think it's like okay. here's the All food right. while we before we like start training. Okay, fair enough. But they just get straight in line, and Yao from film starts fighting them and fully punches Sora in the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is pretty good to see. Even better to see is Donald Duck wrestling with this man. Oh my god. I did I did love watch and Goofy, of course, is not participating, but Sora and Donald are just like fully fighting with the three characters from movie. And Mulan tries to get them to stop fighting by going Please stop fighting. And then they look at her like, please, that's what a goyle would say. I mean, that is kind of what the movie is like. Well, egg on my face. Well, no, I mean, it's not good. Just how the movie is. (laughs) (laughs) You should be spitting and farting. Yeah, that's that's the move. I mean, I think they literally say that 
stuff to that effect in the movie. <laughs> but Shang arrives and says, everyone shut the fuck up. Captain Shang, for anyone who isn't familiar with the film. The hot guy. Uh, Captain Shang shows up and he says, everyone shut the fuck up. And then Heartless appear and they fight. And this is where, for me, the plot really just breaks. <laughs> because they fight off the Heartless, Sora, Donald, Goofy, and Mulan. And after the fight... Captain Shang is like, you three did an amazing job. Ping, fuck off. <laughs> Get out of here now. Well, that's how the movie is, too, because she gets told to leave, and then she impressively climbs a big pole. Right. It's just very confusing that you're playing the game, and Mulan is in your party and helps you fight all the Heartless. And then Captain Shang is like, wow, great job, Sora, Donald, and Goofy, one of whom wasn't even in your party at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is funnier. Okay, I get what you mean now. But Sora is like, no, please, give Ping a chance to prove himself. Uh, we'll, We'll do some, we'll do three missions, and you do three missions. And at the end of the three missions, Shang is like, no, I'll never let Ping be part of my army. Even though Ping has just done three missions. Hmm. And Shang is like, you three have done an amazing job. Ping, you'll never be a soldier. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, okay, I'll give you one last chance. I feel like it just doesn't make sense for Mulan to be in your party for this. Like, if Mulan was like, I'm doing my own missions, I'm, like, scrubbing the tents or whatever, and you're, like, checking in. How's it going, Mulan? Oh, it's not great. I I broke every tent. Yeah, that would make more sense. I guess I guess he's just like, Ping doesn't have a keyblade. And- <laughs> Ping does not have a keyblade. Ping is not a duck or a dog. And let's be honest. Compared to Yao and the other two whose names I didn't write down, Ping Ping is lacking in character design. Ping <laughs> looks pretty generic. Ping looks like a background soldier. That's true. I think that's the real problem. Shang is like, look, we all have colorful armor. You just have the basic green. And Sora's got full-on fucking juggalo pants, so... You- I want to go back to what I just said about we all have colors and you have green. That didn't make any fucking sense at all. I- I'm going to retract that point because that was really stupid that I just said that. It's it's drab. I'll, I'll give you that, but yeah. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know why, though. In my mind, I literally have always thought of that, thought of it that way unconsciously. It's like, Mulan has the normal green and the others have colors. <laughs> Doesn't well, make any you're sense. You're thinking of a little like army man, and maybe, yeah. but like there are other like unnamed soldiers who just have like gray armor. So yeah. Mulan does have an armor color. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I have brain problems. He sends them up to the well. Okay, this is another. This is a cinema sin. They keep saying the summit, the summit. You have to get mm-hmm. to the summit. Go, go scout the summit. They never get anywhere remotely close to the summit. <laughs> They go up the mountain, but the summit is like 500 feet above them because they have to do the avalanche scene. <laughs> Don't know why they keep saying summit. It's not important, but it did make me mad. Everything else was making me mad, so this also made me mad. It's just a different lower summit. <laughs> you have to get to a summit. Yeah, and then we'll go you to... You have to get to the sub-summit. And then we'll go to the summit. Uh, they, they fight their way up the mountain, and they succeed at clearing a path, and the other soldiers say, Ping, 
you're a man among manly, manly men. And then Shang walks by and says, hmm, I just don't think you have what it takes. (laughs) Does he sing the fun song from Mulan? No, there won't be songs until they sing two whole songs in Kingdom Hearts 3 in the Frozen World. Great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not. Uh, On the bright side, it's incredibly skippable. So, um, yeah, he he literally is like, you can join my troops, but I still don't think you have what it takes to be a good soldier. Thank you. Great. Uh, I guess it's because, like, the arrow thing is not going to happen in the game. So, (laughs) they just... They just have Shang be a hater for the whole yeah, thing until the very end. Sora is accidentally changing the course of history here until later. Yeah, I mean, in Kingdom Hearts 4, you actually get to come to China in the modern era, and Mao is still alive, and he's still the president. Wow, what a dream. What a, what a dream. <laughs> uh, so, they get to the... Oh my god. Okay, you've seen the film. This village. <laughs> yeah. Is this village something? Yeah, they there's come... people here, surely. Uh, well, no. There's a part where they come across the burned village, and and Mulan finds like a doll, like a child's doll, but no child, and like it's like a oh wow, the Huns are real fucked up bad guys. In this, you find the village, and it's just completely empty, but it's unclear if that's because no one lives here anymore or because they couldn't render any characters, <laughs> and. Mushu is like, oh, I think I saw Sean Yu walk into that cave over there. And they're like, well, we should tell the captain. But Mushu says, uh-uh, we should go in there and kill him and cut his head off and bring it to the captain. And then we'll win the army. It's a pretty solid plan. It's a pretty solid plan, and it goes very well. Uh, I don't quite understand how this part works, which is that they saw Sean Yu go into the cave, and then they go into the cave, and he's not there. And then he stares at them from behind and looks menacing. Yeah, the the video I had was like it's a trap. Anyway, next scene. Yeah, there's a there's a fight here. He like traps you in a in the cave with a boss fight barrier, and you have to fight all these heartless. Uh, and then the barrier goes away, and Mushu's like, "Well, let's just tell the captain that you killed a bunch of heartless instead," which I think is probably something that he's really interested in because he knows what those are. And then you walk outside, and the village has been burned down, and Shang is injured. Hmm. Non non specified. He's just kind of like, "Ouch, my balls." That's the darkness getting into his balls. <laughs> Goofy's like, "This is all our fault," and Mushu's like, "No, it's my fault." And Sora's like, "No, it's Shan Yu's fault." And I want to go back to when we said that it's Mushu's fault because I'm kind of with him on that one. <laughs> I mean, it is Shan Yu's. Sora is correct, but it is also Mushu's. That's fault. true. That's yeah. true. That you know what I'll 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 hand it to Sora on that one. Yeah. Uh, and then Sora. Oh, that's right. Sora is like Captain. We will find Shan Yu while you track down the villagers, implying like the villagers weren't burned to death. They just weren't here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They were all on vacation when this got burned down. <laughs> they were all having a snowball fight over there. Yep. Uh, but Sean Yu, um, you know, he attacked the village and he burned it down to the ground and he also, uh, attacked Shang and injured him and he probably killed some soldiers off screen. Uh, and then instead of advancing further to attack the army or to attack the city, he decided to go up the mountain again so that he can do the avalanche scene. Yeah. Uh, the avalanche. He's a master tactician, that Sean Yu. 
Yeah, it's like, well, we can't beat him till we do the avalanche scene. <laughs> and he sends a big army of cute heartless at them. Yeah. Oh, and by big army, you mean like maybe 15 or 20. Ooh, I don't know what you see in the cutscene here, but this is actually uh, a pretty cool part of the game because there's like hundreds of heartless that you fight here. Oh, okay. Well, so in the cutscene, you see about 20 and then they start coming down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So if there actually are hundreds, that's great. Cause I, cause, okay. So what I was thinking about this whole time is there was like a feature that was always put. I think it's after the, it's, I think it's like on the DVDs, but I think they also used to just like run it on the Disney channel between shows sometimes mm-hmm. when this, when this movie is coming out about like how they like invented a bunch of like CGI tech to do the Huns coming down the hill scene. Uh huh. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm glad they could play homage to that by showing us 20 Heartless. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really weird because the way that it happens is that Sean Yu, like, he he sort of crests the hill and he looks down at you from the top of the mountain, but not the summit because the summit's way over there. And he sends a big army of adorable heartless. I want to say again, they look like little bird helicopters. I think these are probably the cutest heartless in the whole game, which makes it very funny that this is his army. Yeah, and they make galloping noises when they clearly don't touch the ground at all. <laughs> and so he sends them down at you while he just sort of stands there and then kind of like backs off. And you fight all the Heartless. It's like a huge fight. They do the thing that they had to do at the time where they like render a lot of them as like sprites in the background to mm-hmm. make it look like there's way more of them than there really are. But they, it, it's a big fight. It's a cool part of the game. And then after the fight, you've, you've defeated all the Heartless and there are no more Heartless attacking you. <laughs> and then Sean Yu shows up again on top of the hill. And now he's got like 10 or 15 Heartless. And he charges at you. He says his first word in the game, Ra, possibly his last. He's a very devout follower of Ra. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's kind of it. So I did I did have to watch the real scene from the movie to compare. For example, uh, did the movie have any music playing? <laughs> yes. Yes, like some very good dramatic music, yeah. It wasn't just dead fucking silence. so yeah the movie version of this if i remember correctly is like they are it's like four of them against the the giant army of huns charging at them on their horses and they're like they've got like one rocket thing left and the captain's like aim it at sean Yu. like we'll never defeat the army but we can maybe defeat their leader and then Mulan is like, because I'm not a soldier, I can have creative ideas that you wouldn't have. I'm going to instead shoot it at the mountain and cause an avalanche. Right. But then, like, the drama of the scene is that she has to, like, get up close. And she, like, drops the flint that she's trying to light it with. And she doesn't fire it until Shanyu is right in her face. And then Mushu has some quip where he's like, how could you miss? He's right in front of you. And then the avalanche happens. Yes. In this, <laughs> Sean Yu is 100 miles away from them with 10 Heartless. <laughs> yeah. And the three named soldiers, who I forget their names, just walk in with a rocket launcher. And Yao is like, we'll get him. And then Mulan's like, no. 
No, and then I, she shoots. No, we, we're all we're all going to hell tonight. <laughs> she shoots at the mountain and causes an avalanche. Which, admittedly, the avalanche looked nice. I think that was the only good thing about the yeah. scene is that the avalanche did look pretty good. Mushu even gets like like a a fake like because he can't do the how could you miss quip, so he just says you're going the wrong way, which doesn't make any nope, sense. Didn't make any sense. Nope. And yeah, that. Also, God, another thing, Sean Yu is, like, charging at them, and then the avalanche happens, no scream of terror, no, like, roar of anger, he just keeps running, no crunchy footsteps in the snow, (laughs) just silently running away from the avalanche, no justification for why Mulan even did that. (laughs) Well, because it happens in the movie. Oh, my God. This is, like... This is one of the hollowest worlds I think I've ever seen in Kingdom Hearts. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's so it's so bad. Like it's like it's I, like it's like Aladdin using Genie's wish to get rid of Five Heartless. <laughs> yeah. It's like I know that I know that he needs to use a wish and you're like, "Well, he can't be Prince Ali. We don't have the rendering capacity for the clothes." Yeah. <laughs> we need to we need to make him use it we need him to use two of his wishes on getting rid of Heartless, just then we could get straight to the good third wish from the famous film. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And again, I'm sure that first and foremost, they were like, we can't do hundreds of Huns on horses. Yeah, it just, I, it didn't have to be the cutest little Heartless you've ever seen, though. That didn't help. I'm, it's, I, it's, I was kind of assuming they're like small, so maybe they're easier to render a bunch of them. That's probably part of it. And like, you know, because like I said, when you're in the huge fight, they, they're like just sprites. So it's just kind of them like flipping left and right. Mm-hmm. And they're not really like animating that much. Yeah, that probably would have been a lot more noticeable if it was anything bigger. But yeah, it's just it's also like just so many things that could have gone such a long way with this. Like, again, a scene where Zigbar like gives him the heartless or like. Maybe there's a scene where where you meet Mulan and she's like, we were fighting Shan Yu and his army. We actually have defeated the army in the big battle and he shouldn't be coming back. And then we see Zigbar's like, looks like you need some help, brother. Right. Like, and then you have like a bigger scene at the Capitol or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just anything. Would yep. have been good. But Shang just... As the avalanche is happening, Shang just walks in from off screen like, hey guys, what's going on here? The mountain's pretty loud today, huh? Well, and this is definitely, how uh, this how this all goes is definitely because they didn't want to have Mulan get naked at all. Yes, also this is, this is their substitute for like the arrow thing and Mulan proving herself as a soldier is that Shang walks in and is like, well, oh, there's an avalanche, I guess. And Mulan's like, look out. And Shang is like, wow, you saved my life, Mulan. I trust you now. Yeah. You're a great soldier, actually. Yep, you're great. No more missions. I really hope nobody says anything to change my mind about any of this. Yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, because I also in the in the movie scene, I mentioned that Shan Yu is like right up on top of Mulan. He like stabs her, I think, right? Yeah, she gets she gets sliced, I think, is what happens. And then yeah. that's why her identity gets exposed. Because they have to, like, get her medical treatment, and they have to bandage up her lady torso. Yeah, so they see that she's a lady. 
and and Shang is like, ah, I can't believe this or something like that, probably. In this, Mushu just goes, Mulan, I'm tired of this. Let's stop lying about you being a man and go home, girl. And Shang is like, what? And Mushu's like, oh, uh, I didn't know you were standing there. Also, what? A little talking dragon? Huh? Yeah, there's no... I don't I don't really remember in the movie if the other characters, like, know that Mushu no, is they're, there. No, they are but, not aware of Mushu up to this point. But yeah, Shang, Shang is just like, what did that small little dragon say? Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so forced, too, because he literally says, let's quit this charade and go home, girl. Just to really make sure that there's no way that Shang wouldn't understand it. Yeah, it sucks. And then Shang is like, wow... You lied, and you all knew about it, too. The punishment for this treason is death. Uh, but I'll see you later, though. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, he's like, you saved my life, now we're even, etc. Yeah. Uh, also, as he walks away, we see that his soldiers are walking like zombies. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really notice that, but it definitely comes up later. Yeah, I thought it was just like, oh, they're really tired from, like, having to walk up and down this mountain. They're actually heartless. How did this happen? Dunno. Did they get so spooked by the avalanche that darkness took over their hearts? I don't know. I got the set because we know there was that scene in Kingdom Hearts 1 where, like, a shadow took the form of Bell to fuck with Beast. Right. I think that the Heartless have just, like, infiltrated the army. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. I was wondering about no, that. No, I don't like it. Now that I heard it coming out of my mouth, I don't like okay, it. Okay, well, then they got spooked real bad by the avalanche, and it made them they Heartless. They got so scared by the avalanche that they turned evil. Yeah. They they were disillusioned when they saw that, that Shan Yu had no army whatsoever, and they were like, what have we been doing? This is so fucked up. Well, they saw a woman do a thing, and that destroyed their hearts. <laughs> So Mulan changes out of her armor into her very light clothing for being on top of a snowy mountain. That's a cinema sin. I'm sorry. That was very, that's very nitpicky of me. Shame on me. Uh, and she says, let's head home. And Sora, Donald, and Goofy agree to take some of the blame with her dad. Yeah, that'll matter. That'll, that'll come up. Yeah, it's this, it's this duck's fault. <laughs> the duck did it. They just leave Donald. <laughs> Do what you will. Bye. Fasho's like, we're eating good tonight. <laughs> How does Donald Duck taste, you think? Probably pretty good. Yeah. I've never had duck. Oh, duck's pretty good. Yeah. He's he's probably he's a little older than you'd probably want to eat a duck at, though, I would think. And, <laughs> That's you know, true. He is like 90. Yeah. It's a little he's probably a little tough by now. You know what else isn't in the Mulan world? We don't get to see Jiminy having a fun chat with the cricket. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a real mistake. Oh, you're a cricket too, but you're a different kind of cricket, huh? Golly. And then the cricket goes, <laughs> or whatever it does. Well, I don't know that there's much I can talk to you about. Want to get married? Yeah, and then you have the marrying uh, mini game. <laughs> That's what the matchmaker does. She's like, let me set you up with this cricket. <laughs> That sounds good. I always forget about the cricket. The cricket feels like such an unnecessary, like, we need two animal sidekicks. Well, Mushu's not very cute, so they wanted a cute one, too. That's what Disney needs. (laughs) They did that in Moana. Like, I love Moana. I thought it was a great movie, but it's also, she's got like, it was like a goat and then also a chicken or something. Yeah, there was a little too much. Very unnecessary. Too much. Yeah. 
too much. Just have one little animal sidekick. It's fine. Yep. Moana, I'm coming for you. I'm I'm here to troll and own Moana, the movie that I like. <laughs> what the fuck happens? Uh, oh, yeah. Sean Yu, I think this is in the movie that his hand, like, bursts out of the snow. Mm-hmm. He summons three more Heartless. Yeah, and so now China is in danger again. I did really like, and this is completely unaddressed, but they watch him... Climb out of the snow and summon more heartless from overhead, like down a cliff. And he was charging down at them when the avalanche happened, which means the avalanche did like push him off a cliff. He's pretty tough. He's pretty tough. He's very large. They're like, we gotta warn Shang. So they go to the city and they warn Shang, but Shang's like, uh uh, you're liars. But then he sees Shan Yu's falcon and also Shan Yu is standing there and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that, that made it a lot easier. <laughs> this is where his soldiers transform into Heartless. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, they were the the, the they were the uh, the Jiangxi Heartless, the Chinese vampires, which is a cool one. Yeah, everyone loves those guys. Yeah, are they? They're uh, like the little hoppy vampires, right? Yeah, yeah, because they're like all stiff with rigor mortis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those are fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sora and Donald order Captain Shang to go find the Emperor while they fight the Heartless, and he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm really cool with that. Yeah, he just, uh, yeah. Is he hurt here or something already? I mean, he was injured in the village attack off screen. Oh, that's right. Okay, got it. But yeah, I was very surprised that he was totally chill with Donald being like, that's an order! Well, Donald is one of his greatest soldiers. <laughs> the king's court magician? Well, who <laughs> would I be to... Anyway. Uh, he rescues the emperor and escorts him into the palace. They guard the door. They fight. They kill Shan Yu completely dead. He's fucking dead. I need to add that to the tally. Yep. Uh, did Mulan do it or did Sora do it himself this time? Uh, you, you kill him in a boss fight, so I'm going to say boss fight tally is at six. Sora has personally killed Three. Uh, he'll he'll Sora he'll laugh about it later. Sean Yu. What's that? He'll laugh about it later when he's taunting somebody. <laughs> he's toast. <laughs> uh, the they they win the day. Mushu celebrates and he's like, "Mulan's the best." No, I'm the best. Ha ha. Uh, the emperor does the thing from the movie. You have saved us all. Except- uh, Shang gives her Shan Yu's gigantic fucking sword as a gift. Yeah, it, it, what he's doing is like Emperor speech, and then Sora just like butting in. It's that's the goofiest stuff in Kingdom Hearts is when you get the scene from a Disney movie, but then Sora just adds color commentary <laughs> that everybody ignores. That's so it, we're so far away from it, but that's some of my favorite stuff in the Tangled world. Have you seen <laughs> Tangled? Yeah, I've seen Tangled. It's like it's the part where like where Flynn like saves Rapunzel. I mean, you wouldn't need to see Tangle to know that that happens, but Flynn saves Rapunzel or Rapunzel saves Flynn. I actually don't remember. No, he cuts her hair. That's right. And then they have like a little moment and Sora, Don and the Goofy are just like, "Aw, that's great." <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh does Mulan get a gift of a gigantic sword? In the film, yeah, no, I think that's exactly what happens in the that movie. That is from the movie. Okay, yeah. all right. It's like that's a weird present. Uh, and then the emperor is like, 
LOL, you gonna fuck her or what? That's also from the movie. I figured. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think this is the part where, where Sora and Donald and Goofy are just like, ha ha, I saw the way you looked at her butt or whatever. They don't say that. It's it's that general idea, though. Yeah, something like that. Uh, again, there's absolutely no music playing. It's complete silence. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that is why... I I really need to be on the lookout because now I'm wondering like have I Im- imagined that there's music in these games? I I'm pretty sure there's a soundtrack to the Kingdom Hearts yeah, games. You know it's maybe just the videos we have they've removed it so they don't get like content ID'd. I don't think so. I I was watching I was just watching someone's let's play. Okay, well they might have done the same thing. I don't think so. There I, there's no con- there's no issue with the the game music it's only uh the utada hikaru songs yeah i guess so i, I know that they, they will fuck you up for those i tell you what yeah i know they've gotten pretty out of control with that stuff like very recently but yeah good point That's, yeah everyone yeah. who streams kingdom hearts is just like well i have to mute the game for three minutes because otherwise the entire stream will get muted <laughs> it's really <laughs> stupid anyway uh sean Yu's sword starts glowing and sora unlocks the next gateway and then they leave the end yeah, Sean, you sword was so meaningful to everybody. This is <laughs> means a lot to my heart. I've always said that Sean, you sword is sort of like the Hollow Bastion honorary membership of the Restoration Committee ID card of Mulan. Yeah, it's a, a symbol of my murder. Is definitely uh, my most recent murder. Is how I get to the next world. <laughs> Again, it's. I think I said this before. These the things that open the gateways. They really are just like a contrivance compared to like the hearts of the worlds. It's just, it's just whatever. It's yeah, fine. It's it, fine. Doesn't, it doesn't really add anything. No, I'm just, I am being CinemaSins. So that's it though. That's this part. That's this not, part. Um, not my favorite part that we've watched, to be honest. No, not great, really. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I get why people are, don't like the Disney worlds. I still say that it doesn't work. It's it's just a it's not anything without the Disney worlds, but they are bad Absolutely. sometimes. It would just be good if they were good. Yeah, I mean there were good Disney worlds in the first game. I said this before. I I loved I loved Monstro. I loved that they like tied in these ideas of like if a, if a puppet can grow a heart, like maybe we can find a way to grow one for Kyrie to replace the one she lost. Like that's all really cool stuff. I love when they do stuff like that. This though, this is fucking nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Beast one's weird because they, like, kind of tried to do something different, but then made you do, apparently, just a bunch of terrible minigames. <laughs> I don't know why they they sequestered away the minigames. No, I'm sure there's more minigames I'm not remembering. Um, well, I just remembered a big one. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> people who have played this game probably know what I just thought about. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, what what else is there to say? Nothing of import really happens in any of this. I thought about doing a crackpot corner about how Sean Yu's clearly been norted because uh, he's got yellow eyes. Not that I even really understand what that means yet. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't know what that means. But, uh, and then that's, and so Kingdom Hearts is clearly canon in the Mulan universe because he has yellow eyes in that movie too. Ah. <laughs> yeah. We just don't know that he was norted before the start of Mulan. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll say that one's true. Great. I like that it's it's not even a crackpot it's not even really a crackpot corner about the game it's more a crackpot <laughs> corner about the movie. Yeah. Yep. They were aware of Kingdom Hearts when they were writing Mulan like I think probably way before Kingdom Hearts came out. <laughs> I think it came out in like the mid to late 90s, yeah. 
Well, I guess the story it's based on is much older than that. Um, Again, big ups to China for that one. Really good stuff. Yeah, it's cool they came up with the concept of Nording. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, I mean, really the only thing that happens in this entire part is that Zaldin is trying to turn Beast into a nobody, which is really funny. Yeah, and that's like a fun idea um, for this game that for some reason doesn't carry through to Mulan. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. It well, they wouldn't. Maybe wanna... the reason they didn't is because like there's no reason that Shanyu wouldn't become a heartless. Yeah, but then they should be trying to do it to move to Mulan or <laughs> or, or Shang or something. Captain Shang is conspiring to steal your identity. Yeah, I don't know. He's gonna take your cricket. <laughs> Kill your boyfriend, that son of a bitch. Um, I'll kill him. Well, he's. Well, I mean, actually, you could be like he's not letting you into the army. So if he's not collecting you to the army, you know, take it into your own hands. Yeah, I I don't remember how much. I think that the the heartless thing with Beast might be the only time that that happens in the game. I might be forgetting, but I think that's a one off plot point. Hmm. I mean, we I do mean, know they were, Beast has an especially strong heart, so maybe he's the only one that qualifies. Yeah, they were alluding to doing that with uh, with Yen Sid. I mean, alluding. They were. <laughs> Pete said he was going to. Right. Although he wasn't trying to make a nobody, he just wanted a strong heartless. Yeah, what from Maleficent. My head hurts. I'm oh, dizzy. Well. Um, this is Wish Us Duck. <laughs> yeah, this is Wish Us Duck. Uh, actually, before we go into Wish Us Duck, um, friend of the pod Joe brought up the Donald Duck song to us recently in Discord. Do you know the one? Uh, I don't know if I saw this. Oh, well, there's this song about Donald Duck that, that goes like, who's got the sweetest disposition? One guess, guess who? And like... <laughs> oh, 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 I thought, I thought, yeah, yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, and like, I've always kind of enjoyed that song. I didn't know it had a bunch of extra lyrics that don't make it to the bumper of those episodes. I'll be honest, I don't know the song. I think we talked about this pretty early on. Like, I never really watched, like, Mickey Mouse cartoons. Oh, okay. Well, the song is kind of this, like, song where um, it's, like, facetiously saying that Donald's, like, a really nice guy. Um, oh, I see. As a joke. And so, it's yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll just sing it now, which is weird, but I will do that. So, yeah, in Donald's voice, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, here's Donald's voice. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's not sung in Donald's voice, so I wouldn't do that. It goes, who's got the sweetest disposition? One guess gets who? Who never, never starts an argument. Who never shows a bit of temperament. So it's like, that's kind of the joke. It's got some fun. It's got some great lyrics later on, though. Like, he plays a hot piano and a hot guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Duck with his hot and blue guitar. (laughs) He goes around the city in fancy cars. And then Donald Donald goes, (laughs) yoo-hoo! And then he he dives on chocolate ice cream and a candy bar, because after all, remember, I'm a movie star in Donald Duck voice. What the fuck? I have to, I have to listen to this after we're done. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was just, I guess, um, I just didn't know that he played a hot piano and a hot guitar, and I can't wait till that shows up in Kingdom Hearts 4. You have got, if you haven't seen uh, the Mickey Mouse song Minnie's Yoo-Hoo, no. it is so bizarre it's like i think it's like the the i think it's the first like disney 
song maybe or like it was like the first one they oh, like released sheet music for it because it was so popular something like that but it literally begins with mickey mouse in his old 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 voice from like just some animator who like voiced him once and then never again going i'm the guy they call mr mickey mouse <laughs> i'm i'm well i don't know if i should listen to this right now but i found it yeah we've we've got our homework i'll listen to the donald song you listen to minnie's yoohoo this is wish us duck the segment where I try to do a Donald Duck voice, and you also try to do a Donald Duck voice. That's right. I can do a laugh. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Is that remotely intelligible? Yeah, no, I got that. Wow. All right. I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to, I think I've been rushing it the last couple weeks. So I'm going to, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to work up to my Donald Duck voice and see if I can do it a little bit better this time. You got, you got to take it slow. Yeah. There is an infamous line that you hear constantly in Kingdom Hearts 3 which is Donald saying, this looks like a good spot to find some ingredients. Mm-hmm. And it takes him like 10 seconds to say it. <laughs> so if if Tony has to take it slow, then we cannot go against that. Yep. All right, here goes. <coughs> ooh, ooh, that, that was, was that was kind of your best yet. It started, yeah, it started okay. So true, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What a song. <sighs> and so beautifully performed by us today. Yeah. We would do Tony proud. Well, next time... Here, let me. Here, here's a change. Let me see what we're doing next time. I think I used to do this and then I completely forgot. <laughs> I know we get Hercules... Okay. Ooh. Okay. Next time, we are going to have Hercules and Timeless River. Hmm. I don't remember hmm. that Disney movie. <laughs> Interesting. I think. Unless I'm wrong and we don't. But I think we will. So look forward to that. I will. Me too. We're on Twitter at Sounds About Light and co-host at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm a co-host at Achilles Healy's. Listen to my other podcasts, Doctor Huh, where we just watched the third most recent Doctor Who special, and next week we will be watching the first episode of Doctor Who. New. Parentheses new. New. <laughs> Parentheses Eccleston. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you can listen to me on the F Plus um, sometimes, and extra credit sometimes. Also, I forgot to say Zero to Zero, where we have had to delay for busy stuff, but we are going to be watching Rise of the Silver Surfer very soon. That's Next o- week, I think. That's okay. We'll just all watch Rise of the Silver Surfer again. <laughs> Good. Uh, we're on noisepace.xyz, where there's other podcasts like City Girls Make Do, and The Wonder Yerks, and Fear Baiting, and... Henry Kissinger is Pokemon going to die, and the Island Shuffle also is there. Pot of Greed. And Pot of Greed. Check those podcasts out. They're good. Listen to them with your ears.
Mm-hmm. And like we say at the end of every episode, I'm the guy they call Mr. Mickey Mouse. And I drive my car around this. Uh, I Nope. I, I play a hot piano. <laughs> That's how we sign. I play a hot piano. <laughs> and I play a hot guitar. So we'll see you next time. Keyblade. Keyblade. I should never have doubted you. From now on, you have my trust. Thank you, Captain. You know, that's it. I give up. I can't take this no more. Come on, Mulan. Let's put this charade and go home, girl. Mushu. What? (gasps) Mulan? A woman? It can't be. The punishment for high treason and dishonoring the army is death. Get out of my sight. Now. You're all dismissed. But, Captain... My debt is repaid.